let me start by saying good e- good evening. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> yeah, man. Good evening. Good evening. So, uh, I think first of all, sorry for the uh, short hiatus. Um, yeah. Three rounds of games of Premier League football since we last we last did one of these podcasts, Dan. Um, wow. So quite naturally, loads and loads to talk about. last spoke Jose Mourinho had just become manager of Spurs off to a winning start um, and we spoke quite intensely about the next manager to possibly get sacked since then um, three more managers have been sacked that was Unai Emery at Arsenal um, Kike Sanchez Flores at Watford and uh, Marco Silva at Everton and they have been replaced by Freddie Lundberg Um, who's taken over at Watford again? Nigel Pearson? Yeah, Watford just want to get relegated. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Um, although in saying that, I mean, we'll get more into it, but some say Nigel Pearson's the unsung hero behind the success at Leicester. Is that yeah. accurate? Well, yeah, I, I possibly, possibly, but I just don't feel like it's a... It's, it's harsh to say that they want to get relegated and, you know, it's a bit of a joke, but they're, they're not... It, it doesn't aspire you. Does it? It doesn't inspire you to sort of think they're going to go places with Nigel Pearson in charge. Mm. In saying that, though, that of all the world-renowned um, available managers currently, I, I don't think any of them are really going to be allured by Watford. I couldn't imagine like Allegri at Watford or Poch. Yeah, true, true. Um, There's a big step up though, between Allegri, Poch, and. Nigel Pearson, though. That's very true. Someone in, someone in the middle, you know. <laughs> and then also we had Marco Silva at Everton, who looked like he looked like he might have um, been saving himself a little bit. And then it's just, yeah, it all went Pete Tong. They lost to Leicester in the very last minute and they got hammered by Liverpool and that ultimately set his fate. I think David Moyes will take over there. Yeah, I mean, well... Duncan Edwards is off to a good, good Duncan Edwards. Uh, Duncan Ferguson's off to a good start. So who knows? He could be another Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, legend at the club. Maybe takes the reins as manager. I'm just trying to work out who Duncan Edwards is. Duncan Edwards was one of Manchester United's greatest ever players, one of the Busby babes um, that unfortunately died in the, the plane crash. Um, uh-huh. I don't know why I got confused with them too. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Vardy. That's a long party he's having. That's a long party. Absolutely. He's going for that record again. Yeah, it's eight games, eight consecutive games now that he scored him. Mm-hmm. I, I, just read a, I just read a post on Facebook that said the whole of football is relying on Jamie Vardy to stop Liverpool winning the league. <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing a bad job. So they're, they're eight points behind and they're looking real strong. They're mm-hmm. looking real strong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it's phasing them at the moment. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what Rogers is doing. I'm a big fan of that team. I think um, in terms of the title race, since we we last spoke, uh, Man City have slipped somewhat. Uh, as of Chelsea, have lost a game since we last spoke, and uh, Liverpool are starting to show signs of having good squad depth. You know, something that we spoke about City having for so long. Now Liverpool seem to be the ones that have the real depth in numbers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to switch around, really. City are really struggling without Laporte, mm-hmm. who is really the only main miss they have at the back. You know, John Stones played, Otamendi was on the bench. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they didn't replace company is, is a big issue. It's a big issue that I don't think they thought was going to be as big as it's turned out. Mm-hmm. And they went and lost in the derby, didn't they? Which obviously I'm guessing you want to have a little bit of a talk about. Since we last spoke, I mean, we last spoke just after the Man United game, which finished 3-3 with Sheffield United. And from that, we kind of gathered that Man United aren't that good. And maybe we should just accept Sheffield or the teams we're kind of on par with now. 
But since then, we've gone on a semi-decent run. I mean, we drew with Aston Villa. Um, fair play to Aston Villa. But since then, we've gone and beat Tottenham and we beat Man City, the champions. So we beat the Champions League finalists and the champions within five days or so. Um, now we're up to fifth. Well, sixth after... Well, are we sixth or fifth? You are fifth. We are fifth. So all of a sudden, it's not looking so bad anymore. We've lost the same amount of games as Chelsea. Um, against the top clubs, we've got a pretty good record. We drew with Liverpool, beat Leicester, beat Chelsea, beat City. And against City, first 35 minutes or so, we looked really, really good. Marcus Rashford is world class. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not having this battle with you again. Are you are you still in disagreement with that idea? Yes, so much so. So much so. He is not world class. He he has been, he's had a, you know, he's going on a good run at the minute, admittedly. Club and country's doing real well. But that doesn't make him world class. He's, like world class is banded about so easily. He's scored more goals than Sergio Aguero, Harry Kane, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah, Raheem Sterling, and I can name many more in the Premier League this season. <sighs> but has he scored more than Jamie Vardy? He hasn't scored more than Jamie Vardy, but no one scored more than Jamie Vardy in all fairness. <laughs> so does that mean does that mean that Jamie Vardy's world class? Not necessarily. I think I think that what's quite interesting is with Manchester United at the start of the season after selling Lukaku we thought that I even thought myself that there's going to be too much pressure on Martial and Rashford who aren't quite good enough to kind of carry that weight on their shoulders. Um Martial still maybe has somewhere somewhat some uh, improvements to make whereas Rashford seems to be happy to carry that pressure on his shoulders and given we keep him fit I think he'll be up there come the end of the season when the top goal scorer ranks he'll be up there in play of the season maybe I mean if he carries this run on I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be in the mm. running mm. I still think there has been better performers this season than Marcus Rashford Hmm. Raheem Sterling started really well. He's gone off the boil a little bit, so maybe maybe Rashford's now gone above him. I, I still think Sadio Mane's had a better season than Marcus Rashford. Yeah, I mean, I'm not comparing Rashford to anyone per se, but I just think he's showing that he can carry the weight on the shoulders that he's been he's been given, and even not just to focus on Marcus Rashford, but like the players around him. Dare I say, in the last couple of games, Fred has even looked pretty good. Yeah, I saw I saw a really funny photo the other day of um, so Fred alongside Pereira, and it put a a toy lion, a little plush toy lion. Okay, and then it was Fred next to McTominay, and it was this massive king lion just roaring. <laughs> I'm just like, it's it's so true. Yeah, I think yeah we we miss McTominay um, in the games prior to the last two. He's a really good player. He breaks up the play quite well. He's like, I mean, he's not on the same level, but he's kind of our Kante in a sort of sense. Yeah. In terms of how he breaks yeah, up the play and like starts up the play, etc. But yeah, man, I mean, I could go on about Man United for days, but overall, there's much reason to be happy as a Man United fan over the last couple of weeks. So I'm feeling yeah. much more jolly. And, uh, on the and that's it. And mm. And I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm kind of sorry and also not sorry to do this. You're about to and by that destroy I mean, my and glory. by that I mean kill kill your thunder. Yeah, but I'm actually really pleased that you beat City. I mean, yeah, you would be, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, it's you've beaten a team that some will say, even though they're six points by Leicester, are our main contenders, and mm. you aren't really challengers anymore. Mm. So, I mean, it was it was the one game where I actually kind of thought, do you know what? If United win, it's actually a pretty decent result. Like, I'm I'm actually okay with it. Mm. And it also concerning City, since we last spoke, they struggled against Newcastle. Like, I I watched that game and I remember thinking Newcastle 
if anyone deserved something from the game, it's maybe Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree. Are, are we starting to see see real problems at sea? Um, Everyone goes for a little patch, don't they? Mm-hmm. Even even City. Even City goes for a little patch. I think they'll get out of it and I think they'll go on a crazy run. Mm-hmm. You've got to imagine they're as good as Gabriel Jesus is doing. He And I want to talk about him a little bit later on because there was a very interesting point made about him on national radio that I kind of want your your opinion on. Okay. He's, he's not Sergio Aguero. No, he's not. It's not even the fact that he's not a clinical. It's just the fact that it's Sergio Aguero. Like, it makes defences on edge. Mm-hmm. It gives you that seed of doubt before you already kick off. Mm-hmm. And with the Manchester derby and how... I mean, your defence isn't too bad, to be honest, but I would like to have seen what Aguero would have done, whether or not you would have been as commanding as what you were. Mm-hmm. Laporte's a massive miss because they've, you know, they got to play Fernandinho and the whole Otamendi John Stones thing doesn't work, and mm-hmm. I and I get that, but I just think Aguero was real talent mm. because from 35 minutes on, because United had a really good 35 minutes where they should really have been four up. Yeah, absolutely. Some golden chances went begging. They started. City started to pen them back, mm-hmm. and in the second half, it was. It was just an avalanche of attacks. And I think the issue you have with that is that, and where Aguero comes into it, is just that, like I said, that seed of doubt. I really think that he might have been able to get one a little bit earlier than what Otamendi did. And then that really would have shook things up. Yeah. I think ultimately, like you said, that a few chances went begging and as a result, the lead wasn't massively comfortable. Um, and I'm not sure if the game plan was to sit back and let him come at us and just defend. Um, but we did that successfully. And I think, yeah, I agree with you. If if they had maybe Aguero on the pitch, then it wouldn't be so comfortable to defend. But yeah, I, I hear exactly what you mean. I think um, going back to Gabriel Jesus, he's definitely showing signs and we have to give him credit. He's still young, but I just feel he's the kind of player at the moment, that will always score against the teams that you kind of expect to beat anyway. He'll score a goal in a 4-0, but rarely will he score that killer goal against a big club. And I'm not sure if that's youth and pressure getting to him, or uh, confidence, I, I don't know, but there's something, some small thing missing from his game that will take him to that next level. So let me let me talk to you about this opinion I heard. Yeah. So obviously the Ballon d'Or winner was announced. And congratulations to Messi for winning it for a record sixth time. Yep, unbelievable player. Can't really argue. There was a opinion that Gabriel Jesus should have been in the uh, in the reckoning. At first, at first, I was very much like, "You're you're smoking some silly stuff." Mm-hmm. Like, not a chance. Yeah. And then when the facts and figures were brought out, it was kind of hard not to understand why he wasn't. Okay. So, Gabriel Jesus last season scored over 20 goals for City. In the Premier League or in all competitions? In all competitions. Okay. Scored yeah. over 20 goals. Bearing in mind that he's a bit part player for City. Yeah. Uh, he won the treble with City. Yeah. He, he won the Copa America with Brazil and scored in the final. As their number one striker, essentially, isn't he? Exactly. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? He won four trophies with club and country. Was a pivotal part in the majority of them trophies and wasn't looked at. I, I, I kind of argue against this pivotal part thing, though. Well, well, like you said, he was the main striker for, Bas- for Brazil. Yeah. And he would have been a pivotal part of the League Cup and the FA Cup. Hmm. As, but as pivotal as like Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero, even Bernardo Silva, I'm not sure he's, if he's as pivotal as those players for Manchester City. If he's scoring 20 plus goals, it's not it's not like he's doing nothing. Yeah. It's, it's a real interesting one. I don't really know if the, the Ballon d'Or's looked at as a numbers game um, because arguably like Messi won a couple of domestic titles maybe this year but very little else uh, I only think he won one because he lost the Copper he lost the Copper del Rey to Valencia 
Yeah, but I think this is what I'm saying. Like, obviously, it isn't the numbers game with him because he didn't win as much as some of the other people in contention. But he's just that amazing in every game that he he went. Whereas Gabriel Jesus, on the other hand, when it comes to the numbers game, looks really good. But when you watch him in every match, it's hard to see him as like the most important player on the pitch in every game. No, no, I mean, I I understand. I understand what you're saying. I think it's just for everything that sort of had been highlighted through last season mm-hmm. and what he'd done, I just think it was worth a mention. It's not to say that he should win it. Yeah. It's not to say that he should win it, but I don't even think he was in the in the shortlist. So I guess it's a case of like just highlighting maybe more credit should be sent that way. Maybe taken for granted somehow. Yeah. Exactly, mm. exactly. And also the same goes for Mares as well. You could put Mares in that bracket. Mares won African Cup of Nations. Yeah. Was the captain of Algeria. Mm-hmm. And he was a pivotal part. It's just yeah. it's just a thought, isn't it? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, to be fair, with regards to the Ballon d'Or, I was a bit happy for Messi, but somewhat disappointed that it hasn't changed up a little bit. You know, you you kind of start getting bored of the same faces winning every year. As much as I'm not a Liverpool fan, I kind of thought it might have... If it went to Van Dijk, I wouldn't be displeased. With Messi winning it for a sixth time. Yeah. And we have gone really off topic, so I do apologise. That's right. I sort of went on a little bit of a tangent, but with Messi winning it six times... Yeah. The argument is, is that Messi is always that good. Okay? Yeah. So Messi has set, set a stool at a level where he's gone, right, I'm going to be a 9.5 every game. Yeah. And he'll continue that, which makes him one of the best players ever. Okay? Absolutely, yeah. But should he win the Ballon d'Or for being that good every week? Or because that's the norm now, he needs to do something a little bit more? Um... No, I, well, I think the, the Ballon d'Or is a competition amongst all the players in the world. So if he's just better than every player in the world, then that's enough to win it. He doesn't have to be better than himself the year before, per se. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree. It's just, like I said, it, it's just another one to sort of look at, really. Yeah. I find it very interesting. It's a real tough one, man, because like, I, I really looked at it and I sort of took into consideration the numbers game a little bit and thought... You know, Van Dyke won Champions League final um, in a time where the Netherlands started to fall under the radar a little bit. They kind of were brought back to prominence, made it to the final of the um, the Europa League, Euro, Euro Nations League. I can't remember what it's called, but I think he was like yeah. an instrumental part of that squad. So on an international stage and on a club stage, I think he's definitely been one of the most successful uh, players. Um, so I don't know. I don't really know how it works, but if Messi wins stuff playing the way he does, you just can't be angry at it. It's just, Messi's just unbelievable. I actually watched them. Like I haven't got the chance to watch much Spanish football of recent, but I watched the, um, Barcelona versus Borussia Dortmund recently in the Champions League. And it was just a, a reminder how good Messi is. He literally does not seem human the way he, the ball stays by his feet that like the vision he has, like, I always find it like some people run at a certain speed and then run with the ball at a different speed. Messi just runs at top speed with the ball by his feet somehow. It's unbelievable. It is. No, it's, it's insane. It's insane. And I think we're, we're very lucky to, to witness it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, talk, talking of Messi, I managed to get myself a Barcelona shirt. Because, oh. you know, I'm doing this whole... I'm doing this whole buy a shirt from every country type thing. Oh, so yeah? I decided to start with Barcelona mainly because it was just really cheap. What uh, year? What what edition? Home? Away? So I went I went home mm-hmm. last season. Okay, yeah. £12.50. Oh, so that's eighteen nineteen season. Yeah. Just getting it up on the old Google now. Oh, yeah, it's the, the standard kit. It's got the, the many stripes, Rakuten on the sponsor. Yeah. Nice. UNICEF on the back. Yes. Little, nice. little, little bit of a big size, but you know, limited sizes left. Anyway, anyway, uh, 
Digressing mad, again. Mad tangents. Liverpool. Let's talk about Liverpool because I have a little bit of a bee in my bonnet. I, I don't know this phrase, sorry. I, I don't understand what, what that means. So I'm a little bit frustrated. Interesting. A little, little bit frustrated. Yeah. So I don't quite feel, maybe not from the media, because apparently the me- within the media, we are media darlings. Mm-hmm. But from football fans, I don't feel like they're getting, Liverpool are getting as much credit as what they should. Okay, elaborate. In the Premier League last season, mm-hmm. Liverpool got, was it 96 points? Unbelievable tally, yep. They got 96 points, which means they lost... They lost one game all season last season? Uh, I think so. And that game was to the eventual champions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah so they lost one game. This season, we've not lost a game in, si- in 16 games. We are only two points off maximum. And people are putting it down to VAR and a load of different things that sort of almost take away how good this team is. This is this is the best Liverpool team I've seen, I've ever seen. I've, I wasn't about for the glory day, so I'm not, I've never been a glory supporter. It's always been quite difficult. Mm. But the, the biggest compliment I can pay them is that I feel like they have that aura of a Sir Alex Ferguson team. Um, that swagger. That swagger as if to say like, try it. Yeah. Home or away, try it. We're better than you. Yeah, uh, maybe a Stralitz Ferguson team, but for me, more like a Man City team of maybe a couple of years ago. Just because I'm I'm really honed in, in the last two games in particular, into the, the amount of squad depth you have. Like, mm, yeah, we made, we made five changes against Everton and seven changes against Bournemouth. And you absolutely battered Everton. Like, um, yeah. Origi is an incredible player, and yet he... He doesn't make it into your first team. Shakiri isn't a very, very good player and he doesn't make it into your first team. I don't think um Lalana's a bad player. Nabi Kata's a good player. All these players that rarely, if ever, get into your first team match day squad are all excellent players and will all come in yeah. and they've got enough respect for the manager, enough respect for the team to not moan and fuss about not getting game time they just come in and do their bit and you're still battering teams even without Salah even without Mane um, even in some games without Alisson and that's worrying that's really worrying for the rest of the league for like Leicester for Man City for anyone chasing Um, because on the other hand you look at City who were that team that we always like were like whoa look at the strength and depth but they're missing Laporte and everything's gone tits up so I think yeah. Liverpool are the are the real. You I, as much as I'm a Man United fan, and I hate to admit this, I really cannot fault Liverpool at the moment. They are one of the best Premier League teams I think I've ever seen, and I grew up in the '90s watching Man United. It's <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I I'm purring over this Liverpool team because it doesn't seem. It seems unliverpool like. <laughs> that's that, that's kind of that's the best way I can describe it. Like, I still get flustered about away games against Crystal Palace and Bournemouth, and I, I still s- s- worry about it so much. And then you watch them, and you just think, "You're out of this world. You are such a good team." And I kind of I kind of feel biased for saying it, but I don't feel like I should be because I feel like everyone should be giving them plaudits yeah yeah it's, it's hard to find any flaws and it's funny because last time we spoke um i remember liverpool were winning games still but there were narrow margins you were like conceding a goal but just about marginally winning there was luck maybe a bit of luck that was on your side against crystal palace for example <clears throat> but since then liverpool have just kind of reminded everyone no it's not luck um we're just incredible we just know how to win games. 
even like shout out, I don't know if you watch boxing, but the Anthony Joshua fight, boring, but he just knew how to win the fight. And that's what champions yeah. do, I guess. And unfortunately, Liverpool are, you might as well give them the title now. The title is absolutely Liverpool's to lose. See, now, <clears throat> I agree that it's ours to lose, but I don't think we're, I, I still, I'm not going to say we're going to win it. You're just being safe. <laughs> so safe. But the problem is, is December, December's such a big month. Yeah. I, I think you can do it. You've got the squad depth. You've got some dedicated young players. I reckon there'll be, you know, Klopp will employ a bit of rotation over the, the December period. Obviously you're in however many tournaments. Um, And there's, am I right in thinking there's going to be Liverpool are going to be playing twice in three days or something ridiculous? I think it's twice in two days. Oh my God. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be completely different sides because we're going to, like, one's going to be in Dubai and the other one's going to be... Uh... Yeah, Aston Villa then the semi-final of the World Club Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to it's gonna be big and I think it's just... The problem is, is I got really excited when we looked like we were going to win the title and then Gerard slipped. I got really excited last season. Mm-hmm. And it just comes back to bite you in the ass. So I'm going to... Be very just cautious, like I was with the Champions League final. Cautious. And I think that, that that way you don't get burnt. We've we've mentioned Man City a couple of times um as your closest rivals, but as the table would show and as form would show, it seems like Leicester are your closest rivals at the moment. Um I think I made the statement last time that Leicester are pretty consistent, uh, which is where I think Man City fail at the moment. They're drawing games they shouldn't really, whereas Leicester are just winning and winning. Vardy is scoring goals. Madison's playing excellent. Tielemans is playing excellent. Soyanchu looks like a great signing. Um, yeah, w- what can we say about Leicester? They're they're killing it. They are real convincing wins. They are insanely good, and I think that it's one of them things, isn't it? It, it it'd be interesting to see what happened if Vardy got injured. Mm-hmm. Although Ian Acho looks, you know, pretty handy at the moment. They're starting eleven pound for pound is is up there. Yeah, I don't know many midfields that are better than, you know, Tielemans and Didi and Madison. And Ashley Barnes is a pretty good player as well. Yeah, Ashley Barnes, mm-hmm. my favourite winger, Mark Albrighton. Yep, proper old school winger. You know, actually plays oh. right wing, like not even Honestly, right attacking midfield. Love Mark Albrighton. <laughs> love Mark Albrighton. Um, they got a very tactically astute manager. Mm-hmm. And. Hopefully, I want them to finish second. Mm. I really want them to finish second. I think it'll be great. They're a lot better side than what they were when they won the league. You said they got an astute, a good manager. Um, I do agree. And Arsenal have been looking to pinch said manager. If you were Brendan Rodgers, Dan, and you're in a position now where Leicester is second in the league, doing really well, um, a arguably bigger club in terms of finances come in like Arsenal and say, take over here. We can give you this much money to spend in the transfer window. Are you going to go? I would have done exactly what Brendan Rodgers has done and signed a new contract with Leicester. There you go. <laughs> you? Uh, exactly the same. There's, I think Arsenal are, at the moment seem to be a bit of a uh, a black hole that could potentially like really ruin your career you could say you're any manager with a bit of respect a good reputation you go to Arsenal and you inherit this mess and you get blamed for this mess even though it's probably not even your fault um which is somewhat how I feel about Unai Emery I think he inherited a mess and struggled to deal with it and he got the blame for it and he got sacked and it's probably had a damaging effect on his reputation now and he might struggle to find another job at a, a top club because of it yeah um so yeah that's kind of like segued us nicely into arsenal and generally the the manager crisis shall we call it in the premier league at the moment so as we mentioned at the top of the show since we last spoke three new managers uh have come into clubs off the back of three sackings um, I believe is Nigel Pearson a permanent manager? Yeah, 
Where and then we've got two interim managers in club legend Freddie Lundberg and club legend Duncan Ferguson. Um, I don't really know where to start with all of this, Dan. What would you make of these manager sackings? And let's um, if I could talk about Arsenal quickly. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? It's mad entertaining. Like, like it couldn't happen to a better team. Like. Then people on our, them like the guys on Arsenal fan TV, I bet are loving it. <laughs> their views, their views are going to go up tenfold. Absolutely, they're awful. They're so bad. Yeah, like I, I honestly, it's laughable how bad they are. Mm. Like they're below even Newcastle going, now. Like going forward, going forward, they're decent. Like I think. Abamyang and Lacazette are real good and they've got decent players like Joe Willock and you know I just, it Ozil? yeah I mean that, that yeah Ozil's alright Ozil's alright but you know what you're getting with Ozil don't you you're going to get a player that's going to play a great through ball against Burnley at home but ain't going to run much yeah that's you know that's what you're going to get so um, he's, he's useless against Sheffield United away but he's great against Norwich at home. Other than Bournemouth, Arsenal are the only team to have not won in their last five games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unlucky. They've picked up three points from the last potential 15. Do you know what? I'm, I'm not even sorry. I'm not even sorry because like, like most teams, Arsenal fans, some of them are what what's a PC word to use? <laughs> Careful what you say. Um, PC word like dirkheads. Dirkheads, that's what they are. <laughs> Proper dirkheads. Oh, just irritate me. Like, oh, you know, we're we're a sleeping giant. No, you're not. You're not. Be quiet. Shut up. What's really going wrong at Arsenal? That I don't think anyone's been able to put their finger on it. I think this started from. When Oxlade, before Oxlade-Chamberlain left, there was an issue that I think Oxlade-Chamberlain identified, hence why he left. I think the, I think the, the issue with Oxlade-Chamberlain is that he was playing right back. I think that was his major issue. I think, I think it's the board. That's what I think it is. I think they know nothing about football. Mm-hmm. And I think that they've come in and they've get, I think Arsenal are a wealthy club, but they get limited fees. I know they spent big on Nicolas Pepe, who, by the way, is up there as one of the worst signings of the season so far. Absolutely. Because apart from apart from making Ben Mee look like a fool, he hasn't actually done much else. Nope. He done something he done something in the Europa League game. Wow. I'm it's proud of league. him. Yeah. But I've you know he cost sixty odd million. I'd expect a little bit more from someone than other than to, to bang in a Europa League game. They had a defender crisis. That was like the big thing. Obviously they defensively they've been bad for a long time. And they thought they had sorted out that problem by getting David Luiz on the cheap, but he's been more of a detriment to the club than a benefit. Without doubt. He's one of the... I mean, we've dropped all sorts of puns and jokes about David Luiz, but genuinely, he is terrible at defending. He just... He, he doesn't want to defend. He actually doesn't want to. He can't be bothered. And that's not what Arsenal need right now. I think, I think the best way to describe David Luiz's level of defending is when you play pro, pro, uh, pro clubs on FIFA and that guy that's controlling the centre-back always wants to run a forward. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. care about defending. He just wants to try and score. That is David Luiz. He, got, he actually got likened by Gary Neville some years ago to a, play, a, a, a FIFA player, like a PlayStation player. And I completely get it. He is just... He is mad. Yeah. He is absolutely... He plays how his personality shows. Yeah. And I, I kind of like it because it's not on my team. It's kind of entertaining. It'd be if you're an Arsenal fan, but like as someone looking, looking sort of on the inside, mm. I, I love it because I kind of think it's entertaining. And mm. the thing is, he's a good footballer and I think he could make a really good defensive midfielder. Yeah, I think that's that's ultimately ultimately what it is. I think that's where he wants to play, and he plays there even when he's not told to. 
he's he's like a flair player. He likes to be involved. He wants goals and assists, and he wants to get forward. When you can't really do that if you're supposed to be a centre back. And that's it. And I think that at Chelsea, he had players like John Terry next to him, and at PSG, he had Thiago Silva next to him. Brazil, Thiago Silva next to him. Now he's got Socrates. <laughs> he was a great philosopher. Well, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. At the end of the day, you need a commanding centre-back if you're going to get David Luiz in because someone needs to try and turn him in line. If you're going to persist on playing someone like Socrates next to him or, you know, Callum Chambers or... I think your best bet is probably Rob Holding. He might do something. Mm. But... Arsenal have had a defensive issue for years. Yeah, I can't remember the last time they had a defender that I really rated. Maybe Tony Adams or Sol Campbell. Yeah, you had Sol Campbell, Colo Torre. It's the same old thing with Arsenal. Arsenal's plan to get better defensively is to bite attacking players. Mm. (laughs) It literally is. There's no sense in it. There is Mm. absolutely no sense in it whatsoever. And I, I kind of feel like it's will score one more than you. The problem is their defence is that bad that that never happens. Yeah. Which which means, like, I think the general football fan tends to feel really sorry for Aubameyang. Because he's a good player and he scores a lot of goals, but his goal-scoring ability it's so often gets overshadowed by the fact that he scored goals to either save his team's bacon or he scored goals and still lost. Who would you rather have, Aubameyang or Lacazette? That's a real tough one. Because I think Aubameyang's the kind of player that will just all, always get you goals. But Lacazette's the kind of player who will work for those goals. Um, that's a real tough one. You know what, I would say Aubameyang just because that's a guaranteed goals. See, I think I'd go Lacazette. Interesting. Because I like his work rate and I think he'll... In the right team, he'll score plenty. Mm. Yeah, that's that's it though, in, in the right team. I know he done really well in the Farmers League, but I think he could do better given him playing with better players. Yeah. You know I mean, if he was in a City squad or if he was in a, you know, even Leicester. If he was in the Leicester squad, I think he'd score more. Can you imagine that? Vardy and Lacazette up front. Oh, it's not bad, is it? Yeah. It's not bad. So we don't dwell on Arsenal too much. Um, let's go a little bit further up north London and find ourselves in Tottenham. Because uh, last we spoke, they had just employed a new manager, uh, a familiar manager in Jose Mourinho, and he was off to a winning start, including the Champions League win. Um, but this week saw Tottenham's first loss um, against Manchester United. But I just want to talk specifically for a second about the return of Delhi Ali, And I don't know if it's the way Mourinho set up his squad, but he's really getting the best out of Deli Ali, a player that we haven't seen the best of for a long time, since, dare I say it, World we Cup 2018. <laughs> little What's happened? What, what has Jose Mourinho done at Tottenham that's bringing the best out of players such as Delhi, Son, Son, who's amazing anyway? I don't think Son's necessarily changed much from Poch to Mourinho. When Delhi burst onto the scene, Delhi played as that that free position behind Kane. Yeah. And, you know, he was able to make forward runs past Kane, get into the box, look lively, and then it all of a sudden stopped. And mm-hmm. Delhi Ali was then a centre midfielder. Mm-hmm. And he sort of lost the one thing that gave him that, and I I am pro- quite proud of this, the je ne sais quoi. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Yeah. And I think he's got it back now. I think the simple instruction is do what you were doing. Yeah. Go and, go and trouble the defence. Go and get up with Harry Kane. Run past him. Let him knock stuff on for you and you run onto it. He's such a skillful player as well. Just some of his little touches, some of his little flicks and stuff. Like really, you know, street football-esque little touches. He's a bit of a shithouse though, isn't he? He, he really is, but... That's all part He's of a bit of a shithouse. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like it. Every successful team needs a shithouse. Yeah, they need, everyone needs a Lee Catamol. Yeah, everyone needs a Lee Catamol. <laughs> yeah. Someone to just be a bit of a prick, just to like throw the ball away. <laughs> just say something in your ear. 
And, and the thing is, is sometimes it can be it can be a person that you don't expect, like Adam Lalana. I think Adam Lalana's a bit of a shit house. He'll just start. He would start a fight with an empty room. <laughs> I never saw Adam Lalana as a shit house. Yeah, man. If you if you watch it, anytime there's a challenge or anytime that someone's put a bad challenge in on a Liverpool player, he's straight over there barking in people's faces. I reckon he wants some. I do. I reckon he wants a bit. Yeah, every team has a shit house. <laughs> every well. Yeah, every successful team does. Arsenal don't really have a shit house, do they? <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> they actually don't. None of their players care enough. Like I said, Mourinho is going to be a big win. A big win for Tottenham. Mm. I think so. He's been he'll, successful he'll everywhere he's gone. He'll win but... trophies. He, it'll, it'll end smelly. It'll end smelly because how him and Daniel Levy have got into bed together is unbelievable. Mm. I don't, don't understand how right it's going to work. I, when you said that, I literally envisioned that in my head I just saw them two in a bed giggling one of them was reading like Fifty Shades of Grey or something yeah <laughs> decent um, and I think that I think it will end smelly at some point but I think until that point Mourinho will win trophies for Tottenham and that's what they need so look, I'm a firm believer in I would rather play crap football and win than pretty football and lose yeah and I know that's not the case for Tottenham because Potts done really well for them mm. but but towards the end, they were playing decent football, but they weren't getting anywhere. Yeah. He, hasn't, he hadn't won a title while he was there. The history books will not show that Tottenham play good football. No, and that's ultimately what it's going to be down to, really, isn't it? The history books will show that Tottenham really weren't anything. Well, they were just there. Less so the history books and more so the, the series coming soon on Amazon. Oh, which I'm so looking forward to. Shout out to yeah. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Amazon for always getting in there when the good stuff happens. Amazon um, broadcast some of the games this week. Did you watch their their coverage? Their coverage? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I tell you what, their commentary team, their commentary team of Peter Drury. Yeah. And, oh no, Jim Beglin. Jim Beg, what a team! What, get them on some form. Get them on BT or Sky Sports. What a, honestly, unbelievable commentary team. <laughs> Got so much love for Peter Drury. I I was really impressed with Amazon's coverage, and I'm quite excited at the prospect of them maybe covering more games. Um, just the, the option to watch every game, I thought was wonderful. Um, the fact that after you've watched the game as well, you can click back on the page. And it will show you extended highlights, just like the shortened highlights of just the goals. Then you can individually click on the the pre-match interview with the manager, the post-match interview with the manager, post-match interview with the goal scorer. Oh, it was wonderful. Shout out Amazon, man. Revolutionising streaming of football. So there was, there was a lot of talk. Um, I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter say that the Premier League should do something like Netflix. Just for Premier League, do you think? Yeah, yeah. So, like, ju- like just for Premier League, because obviously Premier League football commands so much money. Like, I, I read somewhere that a, a pub landlord had, has to pay something criminal, like um, £600, £600 a... Oh, what is it? £600 a month for BT. He now has to pay £600 a month for Amazon. And he has to pay like a thousand and something for Sky. Wow. Like it's like it's like over twenty two hundred pound a month. Um, and I think what they should do is I think BT, sorry, not BT, I think that there should be some sort of Netflix plan for the Premier League where everyone pays, say, ten pounds a month, okay? Which is which is cheaper than the sports channels anyway, right? Yeah. And you get access to every game. Every so it's every three o'clock game, every every game that's kicking off, and and you know you can also do like a Netflix thing where you get to watch highlights of games and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And the Premier League would make so much money on it because so many people would do it; it'd be more accessible to people. Yeah. You think of you think of how much money Amazon take. Sorry, not Amazon, Netflix take. Yeah. I know the Premier League deal is massive, but I think that if you were to have a plan like that, it would dwarf 
I think it that's would dwarf what they're running now. Absolutely genius. And like you said, the Premier League is, is without doubt, it commands so much attention. And even when it's not covering matches, the amount of Premier League content you could show throughout the week is, is incredible. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it would be, it would be a win. There would be so much money. And the thing is, is everyone would want to be advertised on it. They could, they, they would, could, they would, they would. Go on. You would want so much advertisement on there as well, mm. because the Premier League could have advertisement on there. They can have an advert before every match, mm. or something like that. And, like, and adverts in the break, like they do with TV now, that are still going to get the money. Yeah, it, it's a no-brainer. To me, it's a no-brainer. They could televise the generic football show. <sighs> I mean, they'd have to pay us a lot of money. Yeah, true. wouldn't they? Yeah. In premium like, rates in demand <laughs> in demand honestly once once I hear for them phonetics at the end of the show that, that'll put a couple of zeros on the end speaking of phonetics Dan um, I really wanted to talk about how successful I've been over the last couple of weeks in fantasy football I say successful I've been doing better than I were, was before and I managed to climb the league a little bit um, whereas you're still somewhere near the bottom so I just wanted to highlight I that and I'm not I think I'm ninth, by the way. But there's only 10 teams, isn't there? No, it's 11. Oh, okay. You're 10th. Oh, I'm 10th now. I'm 10th now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they've added the points from today, however. Yes, they have. Okay. You're 7th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, You're 7th now. Honestly, I'm 10th. Shout out to Neo, by the way. Mandem United <laughs> for, holding, for holding it down the bottom. Yeah, Neo is... I think it's one of those. I'm looking at his squad now and he's clearly forgot to change it because he's got how many injured players in there that just didn't play. Fabinho's in his squad, Aguero's in his squad, Van Arnold's in his squad, uh, Stones is in his squad, and Dumbele's in his squad. Yeah, he obviously Oi. forgot to... Uh, excuse me, excuse me, right? Don't make excuses, yeah, because although I changed my team and I'm second from bottom and only 19 points ahead, Yeah, still, all right? Still. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with myself for like climbing the table a little bit. It's about time. I've made some good decisions of recent. I've just realised I'm only 158 points from top. It's quite a lot of points. Only, a, only, 100, only 150. So Jamie House and you better, you better watch out. Honestly, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> um, if you do want to join our Fantasy Football League, it's the official Fantasy Football Premier League uh, Fantasy uh, comp Tournament competition, I guess you call it. And to join our league, um, you have to use a computer to do so. And you f- navigate your way to join a league and add via the code PBBMXI. You know what I want. I'm going to give you some frenetics just in case you didn't hear the, the letters. Um, it's Peter Beardsley. Um, Bruno Mourinho Xavi Iniesta. Oh, Xavi and Iniesta. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well that. played. <laughs> well played. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone messy, Xavi Iniesta. Yeah, I was just I was thinking of managers. I had managers in my head. Even though Xavier, Bruno, by the way, where did Bruno come from? I just thought of Bruno Sheru. I don't know why he came to mind. He top draw player. He was he was <laughs> going to be the next Zidane. Bruno Sheru. When was he going to be the next Zidane? When he was twelve. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. Um, we didn't really cover all Premier League teams and Premier League games. I don't know if there was any other teams that you, you felt to mention. We didn't really mention the bottom of the table. Everton managed to miraculously win against Chelsea yesterday. Um, yes. Is that worth noting? Is that is that a sign that there yeah, are but, cracks in but, Chelsea? Uh, possibly. I think it's that new management spur along though, isn't it, as well? It's like we got a new manager in and plus... Who would not want to perform if Duncan Ferguson is your manager? Oh, to be honest, I think they, I think they should keep him because he he would be nutting anyone. You want to you want to talk about shit house? <laughs> Honestly, so, part of me, 
part of me, and I know this is hateful, and I don't condone violence, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't condone violence, but part of me hope he lays a nut on Richarlison. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit of, there's something about Richarlison that just annoys me. He just seems like a bit of a unnecessary baby. He's just so moody. Yeah, proper. So tantrum moody. central. Like, and it just kind of think to myself, maybe if someone nutted him, it would be like like not someone, not no, I don't want any random people to go and nut Richarlison. That would not it's not what I want. But, you know, just just maybe it's almost like, you know, if he took a if he took a tackle and sort of foul and then sort of got back up and was like, oh, no, I'm happy now. I would just cry and tell the teacher he's that kind of guy. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> not a fan. But yeah, so shout out Everton. Um, they've got some tough games ahead. So I, I think they've just had that little manager, new manager boost in the one game. But I reckon in games to come, they're going to kind of fall back into... They'll probably lose. They've got Man United next. Then they've got Arsenal. Arsenal are pretty beatable at the moment, in all fairness. And then they've got Burnley, Newcastle. Uh, maybe. I don't really know. I think Everton, uh, they've obviously had a really bad start to the season, but I think they'll stay up. Not particularly be that exciting mid-table. I reckon they'll finish 12th this season. Yeah. Which isn't really that exciting. Watford, on the other hand, yeah, I think it's Everton. It's Watford, Everton. Watford, I still think might get promoted. I, I don't actually think they'll benefit from the manager boost. I think they're just bad, and they'll stay bad. Did you say Watford will get promoted? I meant relegated. Sorry. Like <laughs> <Lucky>. it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I completely agree. Just quickly going back to Amazon, they've got games on Boxing Day as well, haven't they? Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, Leicester, Liverpool. Oh, that's a tasty one. Yes. I'll be with family on Boxing Day, some of which are Liverpool fans. That'll be really Yeah, exciting. they are. Where did it go wrong for you? Love you, bye. Bye.